0: When I was listening back and editing my own podcast that were interviews versus solos or even just the intros, there's something that happens to our voices when we're talking to each other and something and that, that connection that we make that comes through that you can hear, even if you can't see it, like we can see each other now, but people are gonna be hearing us, right? And that they can hear that connection versus if we were doing this solo, it's a very different feel. There's, there's an energy that comes through, there's a connection.
1: There's- podcast junkies episode 247 welcome back i'm your host harry duran newcomers to the show with a name like podcast junkies you can only think of one thing i would be talking about it's the fascination with podcast podcast hosts and all things podcasting and that's what this show is about in case you missed last week's episode haley Rowe is a business coach and host of health coach nation make sure you check that episode out this week i get to speak to podcast fanatic and fellow junkie stephanie fuccio she's the host of seven geopats podcasts that range from topics on reflections to coffee she's also the founder of podcast review day better known as pod rev day it's a group that posts podcast reviews on the 8th of every month in order to recognize the hard work and dedication of podcasters everywhere those of you who are active on socials will likely have seen her post in this episode, we share our stories of how we've both grown as podcast hosts and interviewers, and the impressive number of podcast projects Stephanie's working on, and what she's learning from her time in the industry. This episode is brought to you by Focusrite and specifically the Scarlett 2i2 sound card, one of my favorite go-to sound cards, something I use for each and every podcast recording. The 3G line is a go-to for all new podcasters. Find out more at podcastjunkies.com forward slash focus, right? And the link will be in the show notes as well. Naturally, I want to figure out what inspired her to get started in this crazy world of podcasting and the story behind podcast review day. And a lot of the ups and downs she's experienced and what she's learned from working on the project. It's one of those geeking out on podcast episodes because we're both super fans of the genre. So I think you'll really enjoy this episode. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. We'll be sure to read future reviews out on this episode. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show, from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, let's talk shop, podcasting shop with Stephanie. So Stephanie Fuccio founder of the geopats podcast network and founder of podrev day as well thank you for joining us on podcast junkies
0: thank you harry and hello audience it's wonderful to be here i love it when i get to be on shows that i listen to all the time it's sort of a (laughs) "Ah," moment
1: Yeah, yeah do you remember the first podcast you ever listened to
0: the first podcast ever yeah Oh my gosh, no, because I was one of those people, and you were probably like this too, where I would drag them from the computer onto the, Mm. what was it even called, the thingy that used to hold all that stuff, like podcasts and whatnot, and they weren't even called podcasts yet.
1: I used something called, it was not J River, it was... I River. I River. I River? Yeah, Yeah. I had one of those too. And it was, I I think it was... You could put up the six MP3s on it. I thought it was mm-hmm. so, but it was fascinating because I remember I would work out and I used to use to play CDs and they'd inevitably skip when you're exercising, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, I was like, well, this is digital music. Because at the time I was listening to music and I would just, there was the memory on them was so small. But do you remember what, even if maybe not the show, but what types of shows you were listening to early on?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, then it was still a lot of interview shows. I remember listening to Terry Gross with Fresh Air and oh gosh, I've always listened to a lot of like documentary and science ones, but I don't remember specific names of them back then, but just I constantly, I've always had earbuds in, whether it be music or, or content. But yeah, I just, I, I, one of the biggest fights my husband and I had is when he actually lost one of my MP3 players during a vacation. (laughs) I know Shh, don't tell him (laughs) actually he knows, but yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then, how did you start getting, or when? What was the what was the impulse to become a creator?
0: I needed an outlet. I had just left a PhD program about two years in, and I felt a little bit like I had hit my head against a wall, and I needed something creative that was completely non related. So I started a podcast about a project that I had worked on ages and ages ago, my first expat place in Taiwan. And so I was just going to use it as like an opportunity to like reread the blog that I wrote and like reflect on it so many years later back in the region, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to do 120 episodes and be done and just have fun with it. And nobody was going to know I was doing it. And we know how that ends, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you yeah the original. Rich-
0: yeah. yeah. One thing it's turns into another and yeah
1: where were you going to for information like how like where were you learning what what year was this so we can time stamp it
0: 2017.
1: okay and so do you remember how you got started along the process and was it a youtube rabbit hole like most of us
0: no i was a terrible person i was that person that used my phone for a long time and then i went on the equivalent of amazon there which was taobao and i bought lanyard mike and started Mm -hmm. putting that in the middle of the room I was that person. It took me actually until a few months in before I realized there was information out there. And then a few months after that was when I went to my first international podcast day online and realized there were people Mm. talking to each other and helping each other. And I was like, oh, oh, this is bigger than I thought (laughs) as far as the independent route. And so, yeah, it took me a while because, again, I thought I was going to be 120 episodes and done. I was just going to do this for myself, cathartically cleanse and move on. Yeah, it was rough.
1: <laughs> was that the, was International Podcast Day the first community that you discovered?
0: That's a good question. I think it was. I so think it was. Not an
1: in-person, yeah. not an in-person conference.
0: Mm-mm. No.
1: Mm, interesting. Yeah, because I think a lot of folks that have been on this show. But people that I met at the conferences, because naturally, when you go there and they know that you have a podcast about podcasting, they're like, "Well, I'll I'll be on the show." And then inevitably, like we'd h- end up at the at the bar and just chatting. And like for me, it's always been the show has always been my opportunity to continue discussions <laughs> that I started earlier. I'm like, "Oh, I want to I want to learn more about this person." So it's almost always been a, like a scratch my own itch for the show. So as you started, it was the the first one was the expats show.
0: The first one was the rereading of the blog. So, yeah, it was, oh, it was an re- expat, yeah. but it was a solo project.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then it slowly developed into different expat shows with different focus. Uh, folk eye, I guess is the plural. <laughs> <Focus>. <laughs> one, for, one for I should know that as an ex-English teacher, but uh, yeah. one for books, one for the internet, one for, you know, different, whatever I liked. I wanted to pull it in and talk to people and record it and to put it out into the world. So.
1: So you were blogging before then?
0: Way before then. Okay. Yeah,
1: and so tell me a little bit about the expat origin story, like a little bit of the background, so like how you ended up with that as a passion or topic.
0: Uh, It's my life. (laughs) I always wanted to live in different countries, and when I graduated, (laughs) when I graduated college, at the ripe old age of thirty it was the year that the dot-com crash happened and i was Mm. set to be an engineering manager (laughs) and then there were no jobs and so i the jobs that i was interviewing for i was trying to get jobs where they would send me overseas and they kept saying don't worry we won't do that to you and i was like no no i want to go overseas (laughs) (laughs) i want you to send me somewhere exotic now (laughs) and it just wasn't happening
1: What was that need from? Like, why did you want to go overseas?
0: I don't know. I've always been fascinated with other cultures, other places. I always wanted to know more. I mean, Mm. my parents were, were, it's silly to call them immigrants now because they've been in the U.S. forever, but my parents are Italian immigrants and I stepped on a plane to go visit our relatives when I was like four and 12 years old. Mm. And
1: Mm.
0: once you, what can, what is seen cannot be unseen. And I guess it just kind of whetted my appetite for more places, more people, more cultures. So I just wanted to. So I couldn't go formally. So I kind of went informally and backpacked and did all kinds of things until I fell into English language teaching and then stayed longer. And now it's been 16-ish years. And yeah, so it's kind of my life.
1: Interesting. What was most surprising for you as you started making these trips and discovering these cultures? Like, was there some moments that you were not prepared for or it's is it what you expected I'm, I'm curious always curious about like people's like first time like I remember the first time that I went to Thailand because I'd been to other countries that are like mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking countries but the showing up there was like it was literally like another world because the language is nothing like anything you're you're used to mm-hmm. and the culture is like nothing you're used to as well so it's, it's a very interesting experience
0: yeah, there's so much to unpack with. <laughs> there's, I mean, my first place that I went long term that wasn't like Western Europe was Taiwan. And I knew almost nothing. Honestly, I accepted the job, hung up the phone, and went to a map and was like, okay, I know it's in Asia, but exactly where is it? You know, what's it next to? And so, of yeah, course, yeah. and there was it, it was 2003, and there wasn't a lot of information online except for travel information which was all the other end of the island where I wasn't. So I felt like everything was new and I'd never been in a place where I couldn't read. I'm a huge reader and for mm. me something is grounded or something something's real when I can read it. And so for looking at traditional Chinese characters, not even yeah. the simplified was like I don't even know where the words are. And so I just couldn't read anything and it was just it was very unsettling Good. but very exciting yeah. at the same time.
1: It feels like it forces you to exercise muscles that, you know, you didn't know you had at your disposal Mm -hmm. because you have to be creative, right? Because you have to, you know, you're going to be there for a period of time and you have Mm -hmm. to figure out how to survive.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: There was an app early on when I traveled abroad called Word Lens and it was an iPhone app and you would Mm -hmm. show, like you would point the camera at a a foreign word Mm -hmm. and it was, Adjusting it's some, I don't know how it did this. I think Google bought the company eventually, but it would reshuffle the words and into the English word Mm -hmm. and it would keep the same font too, which I thought was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just you know very basic words. But I remember I would go around and test it, I think it was in Italy at the time, and it would like translate the word. So I think you you figure out tools like that. We have much more tools now, and I think there's now a way to Skype or something has a tool where you can listen and Mm -hmm. it'll translate as the person is speaking. Really? Do the translation, yeah, I've heard that's like it's now it's like a beta or something like that, some sort what? of like ear, earbud type yeah. of device, yeah. which is essentially where we're all headed. Because that's probably the biggest challenge with cultures is communicating with people who probably you know just as much want to communicate with you as you with them.
0: Yeah, no, that's be that would be amazing if that were if that were accurate enough. But but there's, yeah. then then there's that cultural level that's beyond the words too. That's really hard. To yeah. Know. To know at first, but I've yeah. seen those devices where you can like talk into it, and then it will translate into that language, and the person can hear it. Yes, Have you seen yeah.
1: those? Yeah, yeah, I've heard those yeah. as well too. So, so I haven't used Have you-
0: any of those. I still try to use dictionaries <laughs> and try to remember things, which is terrible. Yeah. and never works. But yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I can't wait until these things are. Perfected to More the point common. where yeah. it's not a huge faux pas to use them, and then be embarrassed that something bad had happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Saying the wrong, yeah, because there's culturally inappropriate words too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: When did you start to like leverage what you were learning? And, and like, I'm wondering, like, w- like the marriage between like the first podcast and then, mm-hmm. obviously, every podcaster knows that once you have one podcast, everything else seems like an idea for a podcast. Like, I've had probably dozens mm-hmm. since I started my show, but you actually did start new shows. What was the driver to create, or what was the, the original show not, where was that not meeting your needs, and you felt like, okay, I, I need something separate from this show, as you started to create the new ones?
0: Yeah, it's not so much that it wasn't meeting the needs, it's that, people started to say, oh, you should talk to this person and you should talk to that person. And I was really Mm -hmm. resistant doing interviews because that was another or a different microphone. It was, I'm not, I don't shirk technology. I'm not scared of technology. I just was used to doing it I was working a lot and traveling a lot and I was used to doing it in my free time or like in the train station or whenever I had a few Mm, minutes. mm. And so I'm like, oh, scheduling and doing all of that. So I was really resistant. But once I started talking to people, that's when one turned to three turned to seven podcasts. And that's when it just got crazy and that there's something that happens. And I'm sure you know this (laughs) when you're talking to someone that you can't replicate by yourself.
1: <laughs> Talk a little bit about more about that because I think that's an important topic, and especially since we have existing podcasters and new podcasters listening i I'm wondering if you could expound on that
0: yeah there's I don't even know if I can. It's just I noticed. When I was listening back and editing my own podcast that were interviews versus solos or even just the intros, there's something that happens to our voices when we're talking to each other and something and that, that connection that we make that mm. comes through that you can hear, even if you can't see it, like we can see each other now, but yeah. people are gonna be hearing us, right? And that they can hear that connection versus if we were doing this solo it's a very different feel. There's a, there's an energy that comes through, there's a connection, yeah. there, I don't know. Like a
1: dynamic, like we feed off each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah. things that my guests would, would bring into it or that they would ask or the, the momentum of it would pick up. And no matter what I do with like my pen, like, do this higher or think about doing this or change your voice here, it's just never the same <laughs> as if somebody else is there and kind of just doing the, the seesaw-ish kind of thing or the tennis matches kind of thing that a conversation is.
1: But it requires what I found is... Just the term that comes to mind is active listening, mm-hmm. like being really attentive to what the guest is giving you, and being naturally curious and listening for them introducing a topic that you want to dig in further on. Because the listener is always there as well, and saying, "Hey, oh my god!" Like ask Stephanie that question because like she talked about like, you know, Taiwan, and let's let's do a follow up there. So I think, do you find or, or how have you improved as a host? Mm-hmm. Through the creation of all these shows, like do you feel like your skill as a podcast host is improving?
0: I think it is, but it it still has ways to go. I still, when I get an idea, even though I have paper always nearby to stop myself from interrupting or to be patient and wait for the right moment to say something else, I do find myself stepping in a little too much. And sometimes, like I said, that adds to the momentum and sometimes it completely derails it. And I only know that in post when I'm editing and I realize the guest was going somewhere and I came in and they never went back.
1: For me, when I'm
0: guesting, I'll come back to it because I'm writing it down. I'm like, no, I'm not done with that idea. But you know, not everybody's like that. (laughs) So I still want to get out of my way or get out of their way because it's about the dynamic, but more so it's about what they have to say. So I, I still have a ways to go, but I think I've gotten better. And the easiest way to have gotten better is to take a lot of myself out during the editing, like mm. whatever I say to kind of keep us going or to bridge one part yeah. to another, yeah, it, yeah. if it's about me, it doesn't need always need to be in there. So I'll take a lot of it out in the you know so that the, the guest part is in there more than me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because there's always there's so many different frameworks. Like my partner has done a, a show in the past called a face project and it's all first person inter- you know interview style mm-hmm. so she'll be there she's asking the questions but she asks it in a way where they can sort of repeat the, the question back and then she can and she moves stuff around and and then it's just the, the interviewer speaking but the way they tell the story it's just like and then this happened and those are really nice mm-hmm. and then these shows like for the most part they go through unedited because i think it's because it's podcasters talking about podcasting, I sometimes even leave, like sometimes a dog jumps into the guest's lap and I'm just like, oh, what's your dog's name? The (laughs) guest gets embarrassed. I'm like, no, like this is literally like podcasting reality. Like it's the reality Mm -hmm. show version of podcasting because I want to show listeners, I allow them to hear that, you know, we don't, all have NPR studios in our bedrooms, you know, and we don't all have like the best, you know, or the guests don't always have the best mics. And so I think it's it's important to let people know that there's, you can, what like my coach likes to say, take imperfect action on a regular <laughs> basis just to continue to work that muscle.
0: Very true, very true.
1: That thing about like when someone is saying something and you know they're all, like on a riff, and you have an idea where you want to jump in, I think that's a skill, right? Because for me, I was like, oh man, I hope I have a pen handy, because I was like, ask Stephanie about this, come back to this point. But then you also have to be comfortable realizing that you may not always get every question in. I think I remember famously Mark Maron when he interviewed Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. He did a post, which, it's a fascinating, he did a post interview with his producer about the obama interview which i was like inside baseball like totally geeking out on but you know he says oh i didn't even ask him this one thing in this town that like we both lived in for a while so you know i think as as long as we have we're comfortable knowing that we we don't we're not always going to get it right we just do the best we can in the circumstance
0: sure and i've been studying is probably the wrong word but i've been very attentively listening to your podcast for a while i was kind of late into podcast junkies but when i once i discovered you. The pace and the peacefulness that you do interviews is something I want to get to because I get all kind of like into the conversation and I'll speed up and I'll do it. And that's when I'll start to jump and talk while the guest is talking. And so when I was listening to your interviews, I was like, oh, no, he's like steady the whole time. (laughs) I really admire that in you. Like, how do you you. do that?
1: (laughs) I think it's. I mean, I have people that I admire, you know, there's the Terry Grosses of the world, even just growing up, I remember my parents would watch like 60 Minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'd see like these old school journalists, like Morley Safer and Mike Wallace and uh, Barbara Walters would do these like long interviews. And I didn't didn't realize, I I mean, I wasn't exactly studying at the time, I didn't know like I was gonna be a a podcaster. Mm -hmm. But I think of them now. And so Alec Baldwin has a great podcast. Friends with Jordan Harbinger. He's got a great interview show. Tim Ferriss. Even Joe Rogan. He's. I notice that he's conscious improving his skill set. And I think mm-hmm. anyone that does a interview show, it feels like something that I just want to continue to get better at. Ask more thoughtful questions. And I think I learned early on to be comfortable with silence. Like I learned that if you ask someone a thoughtful question if they want to give you a thoughtful answer like they're going to take some time to think about it and this is why Stephanie I I used video from day one mm-hmm. I used Skype with call recorder and now we're using Squadcast but I wanted that face to face connection I wanted to see like if you were thinking about something like if it was just audio and I asked you a question and you didn't answer for like 10 seconds I'd be like yeah are you still there like, like <laughs> you know and and I think feeling that you can sometimes ask someone a personal question and if they choose not to answer it they don't you can always there's always the magic of post-production i think that's the thing too that podcasters forget about and you know and setting that there was a really good tim ferris episode where he talked about like how he his process for interviews i don't know if you've heard that one it's really Mm -hmm. fascinating because what he does in the beginning before like quote-unquote the lights are on and, and re- we're recording he says hey you know just as a reminder like this is not live feel free to do a second take on anything if i ask you something and you and you fumble over your answer and you're yeah. like oh i want to do that again by all means do that that's what we teach our clients when we produce shows like mm-hmm. tell your guests like hey you know this is the way you can come prepared for you know even for this show now i've, I've started to create like that prep list and i have built it into our onboarding so when people when you sign up to be a guest on the show." I hopefully you received it if not we'll have to figure that out but just like the prep like we're going to use squadcast and we're going to mm. this is the questions and be in a quiet space and if you've got a mic let's use it and I'm lucky because I'm I speak primarily to podcasters so they have mics sure. some of the, not all of them have a cool pink wind filter like you do <laughs>
0: <laughs> be trusted that's one of the first editing lessons I learned is if you give me an interview with a clicky pen I will I will hate myself while editing because I will make sounds the whole time. So then I just grabbed the next closest thing, which was this.
1: Okay. So it was just coincidence that I happened to see a pink filter and a pink.
0: Yeah. Complete accident. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. It's really just attentively. And this is, I love pe- give, giving people the, the inside baseball. So as we were talking, the earbuds battery died and I switched over to my headphones. That was
0: a fast, <laughs> fast switch. And you're just, you're keeping eye contact the whole time. You're like, yes, okay, this is happening. Yes. I I
1: can't hear anymore. So it's just the things.
0: That's too funny. So I tell my guests at the beginning of the interview, before we even hit record, I, you know, I'm like, look, anything can be taken out we can take out part of it the whole thing even if when we hang up and you go "Oh, that entire part where i talked about this just email me and i'll take it out it, it's always a, at least a few weeks before anything comes out i'm not super fast and turnaround, so i'm like look anything that we say can be left between us or it can be out in the world it's completely your choice and then if i go really sensitive where if i start to see the connection growing and i get curious and i ask a question i'll say it again i'll say look you don't have to answer this, but I want to know this. And I, I we can turn it off for a few minutes or I can just delete it later, but I need to know this thing that you just said. <laughs> so, yeah, I never want to put stuff out mm. into the world that somebody might be embarrassed to have out there.
1: That's an interesting tip or tactic whatever you want to call it. This this saying, "Hey, probably not not going to leave this in and we can choose to leave it out." But there's something about giving people that the ability to opt out of it and to share something that may you know, be maybe personal. And I think nine times out of 10, they'll be like, you know what, just leave it in there. But I think they just needed to know that there was an opportunity or, or an option for them to like decide whether or not they wanted to say it. That gives them the freedom and the flexibility to, to be open. And then as is the case with like a lot of tough topics, when you say it out loud, it doesn't, it, you realize it's sort of like, loses or diminishes the the sensitivity around it. And you're like, you know what, now that I've said it out loud, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Go ahead, you know, leave it in. So I I think that's an interesting approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I'm I'm like 99% curiosity and 1% podcaster. So I'd rather know something and and have that conversation with someone than just have it to record and put out to the world. Like a lot of my guests actually turn into my friends and my community. So I don't ever want to offend them or disrespect them, but I am curious about them, which is why they're there. So I want to know things.
1: (laughs) What I've been saying recently is that when I, my energy, when I come into a conversation and my goal with my guests is to create an experience so that me and the guest will be friends for the rest of our lives, right? And you know, I've had 240 interviews on the show so far and not there's people that I've spoken to and then after the podcast, we just don't talk anymore, but that's what it is. But there's something different about coming in with that energy Even if, because it feels like it it imbues the conversation with a sense of intimacy that, like, I want to create a safe space. I want you, you feel comfortable that you're sharing a story with my audience. And then it doesn't cost you anything more to bring that intention to the conversation because it's still the same hour we're Mm -hmm. still we're still going to wrap up at at the time we said but I think there's just something about the intention that I've found when I've started to do that and talk about that yeah no it's true it's true
0: it's weird because some people were like well why did you start like the for example the language podcast Geopets Language and I'm like I was teaching English overseas for so long and I grew up with different languages around me so I just say look I've had language conversations I have sat in bars and cafes and geeked out about different word order and f- bizarre vocabulary overlaps for years and never recorded it. And then finally one day realized I could and went, hold on, there are people I need to contact who need to be on here. <laughs> so these are conversations, a lot of them, like the books, the coffee, yeah. the, all these things, these are things that have been intricate parts of my life for a long time. So when I hit people that like to talk about them, there's a connection because that's a topic that's that's really important to both of us. So yeah, there's that thing that happens, that magic.
1: (laughs) Do you find that for some people, it's the first Mm -hmm. time they get to talk about the topic?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's weird, especially with the language one. People who've, oh my gosh, become so intimate with like a language, for example, Mandarin Chinese, have been studying it for half their lifetimes, but never really spent a lot of time talking about their process or like their relationship to language. They've just studied it and used it a lot, which just, there's no just, that's an amazing thing. But so- like a few minutes into the conversation there, you could tell they're relaxed and there's all these things that they've never actually said or shared about the process and their experience with it that just comes flowing out. And I'm like, Oh, there's that, there's that stuff. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's a fun medium. I can't believe I didn't start sooner.
1: That's what everyone says, like the best time to start a podcast is yesterday, the second best time is today. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think, I I mean, I always assume there's gonna be new listeners when I, I learned this early on from someone, I don't know, it's one of the coaches taught me to always roll out the welcome mat. So whether it's episode two or episode 200, I'm like, welcome to Podcast Junkies, in case you're new to the show, this is the one where I get to speak some of the most amazing podcasters or podcast personalities in the podosphere. So it's always that opportunity because sometimes people, you know, you may send this episode to someone who's who doesn't know like the background for you and be like, "Oh, if you want to learn more about me, go listen to my <laughs> go listen to my episode with Harry," <laughs> which is. A, Great. And so these all these little things that you do to try to improve the experience for listeners and make them feel welcome. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, it's we tend to repeat a lot of stuff. So re- repeat listeners hear the same things on our shows, our super fans. But I always say there's three people in a conversation, the, the guest, the host, and the listener. And just remembering that it's you, the listener, that's listening to Steph and I talk and geek out on podcasting. Can you just List out the names of the individual podcasts, just so the listener can, can understand. Can I use the <laughs> and and, cheat and cheat then it? I'm I'm curious about like yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, and cause I'm, and then just maybe a little bit of the reasoning why because I think there would be people about curious to say, you know, why couldn't you do it in one? So
0: <laughs> oh, and it it was in one for a while, sort of. Okay, so the two most active ones are Geopaths podcasting, where I talk to podcasters around the world. And Geopat's Language, where I talk to people about their relationship with language. Then there's Geopat's Coffee, because I'm a fool for caffeine. And these are all global. I try to talk to people from as many different places as possible. Geopath's Books, Geopaths Online, which is now defunct, but was mm-hmm. where we were digging into when people move, do they change their online habits? The answer was yes, so we stopped. Uh, <laughs> Geopath's Reflections, where we dig into something they created their first year in a new place. And okay. Pets Napod Pomo, which is National Podcast Posting Month, only active during November. This is my second time doing it. So those are the seven right now.
1: Who started Napod
0: Pomo? No, it's super hard the Nopod first Pomo. 20 <laughs> times. Yeah. Jennifer Navaretti actually started it, I think, 12 or 13 years ago. It's pretty old.
1: I, th- I know there's the one to write a novel. Yeah.
0: Nano No Rimo, I think, is the writing one. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah.
1: And it's, napodpomo POMO is, what what is the goal there to write, to to launch a podcast that month?
0: No, to do an episode a day for 30 days.
1: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And so you've done that one.
0: Yeah, I did it last year. And for some reason, I'm doing it again.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're in the middle of it. Yeah, Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: We're 10 days away from the end.
1: What's, so podcast, you talk to people who have done it?
0: No, I'm actually this year. Well, last year I did like different language snippets and I had people like send in different things because I was focusing on just the Geopets language show. But this year, because now the podcasts are not in one they're it's all the themes are separate. Again, I keep rebranding and this is the problem, Harry, as I keep changing. I need to stop changing. Yeah. So now it's it's the seven podcasts. So I wanted to basically do a buffet of what we're doing, mm-hmm. but in a different way. So I'm having different guests come on, listen to their old episodes, and send me clips of them reflecting on what they thought of their old episode from like two, three years ago. So mm. I'm doing one day of their reflection, and one day of a clip from the original one, and then again, 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 the whole month.
1: Got it. Okay. It's a lot of podcasts.
0: It's a lot. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I can't wait for it to end. It's been magical. Yeah.
1: Is it going to end? Do you see an endpoint?
0: Oh, oh, you mean? I'm in- oh, sorry. I thought you meant now N- N- pod pomo.
1: No, well that yeah, obviously that's gonna end. But I, I mean just like the fact that you're managing all these shows, like what's do you think about how that's gonna play out or you just kinda take it day by day? Every
0: single day I think about it. But generally the two the podcasting and the language ones are the ones I'm updating regularly and the other ones okay. if somebody jumps on or has a desperate desire to be on it, I'll I'll do those. But for the most part, four or five I don't think will come back to any okay. degree. So I'm trying to focus on the two, but then I have two that I'm kind of working on for next year. Okay. So yeah, it's out what of are control. Those two?
1: Can you talk about them?
0: No. <laughs> 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 I keep referring to one of them as the secret project on Nod Pod Pomo because I I okay. usually reveal too soon and I'm like, fine, I'm going to have okay. a secret for once. <laughs>
1: It is good to have some public accountability as well, though. So if you do mention it, people will start to hold you to it.
0: I want to start publishing it at the beginning of 2021, okay. but that's as far as I go.
1: <laughs> okay. So let's shift gears and talk about origin story behind PodRev Day.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, it's interesting that you brought that up after... That probably wasn't a coincidence that you brought that up after NowPodPomo, was it?
1: It feels like there's a connection. There,
0: there. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Pod Pomo, I at the end, the last day, I actually interviewed Jennifer Navarrete, who started it. And as I was editing it, I realized how whining I was about nobody reviews my podcast. Why isn't anybody reviewing my podcast? And I realized I'm not reviewing other people's podcasts that I adore and that literally will mm-hmm, change my mm-hmm. life on in incremental bits throughout the week. Yeah. And so I just did, I was like, I just did a challenge in November. I'm going to do a personal challenge in December. I put it on Twitter. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to review one podcast a day for a month. And people started to say, Hey, can I join you? And I'm like, yeah, but 30 reviews in 30 days is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then I yeah. just switched it over and was like, "Well, what if it's once a month? Because once a year is not a lot." Yeah, yeah. So then it just kind of evolved from there. So once a month, we hop on Twitter, and we use the hashtag day podcast review day, to review. Well, you review wherever, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Castbox, wherever you want yeah. to PodChaser, and then you post that link or screenshot on Twitter with PodRevDay. Okay. And so the whole day, there's a okay. stream of beautiful, passionate po- reviews.
1: Have you uh, checked out ratethispodcast.com?
0: I think so.
1: Yeah, I've chatted with uh, James, he's the founder. It's Mm -hmm. it's an incredibly useful service, and Mm -hmm. I've now embedded it into my intros and outros. So I say, hey, if you want to write a review, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash Podcast Junkies. And what he's done is just a beautiful, like easy interface that shows you like where to click on an app. He's got Apple in there, he's got Stitcher, he's got Podchaser, so he's got the the major ones Mm -hmm. there. And it's a nice one- place to send people link that's it's been extremely helpful and then I read them out on the the show occasionally as well I
0: have for that do you write them on rate this podcast or you write them in the other places no okay you
1: write them in the other places but he just kind of gives you because you know how it's hard to tell people to rate when you tell new people Mm -hmm. to podcasting rate my show they're like where do i do it how do i do it what do i do i need itunes i need apple podcasts like what what do i click on it like it's just like a lot of things that we as podcasters take for granted and sometimes people want to help like but when you know they, they inevitably go in there or an older demographic is just like struggling so it's a pretty neat service that he created just to guide people through the process
0: nice Nice, nice, nice. Well, being outside the U.S. and being in some places where Apple products aren't as prevalent, and Android yeah. rules, I've veered more towards device-agnostic sites like Podchaser and things like that, where I'm like, just go here. You just need a computer or a phone, and you don't even need to think about what device you're using. Because I still hear people say, "Go rate mm-hmm. us on Apple Podcast," and I'm like, yeah, but half your audience might not be Mm -hmm. on an Apple product and you've just lost them. Even if they really love what you're doing, they can't.
1: I think, didn't I see something that there was, Apple was creating apps for the Android devices?
0: They rumored on that last year, but I I haven't seen anything.
1: (laughs) It would be smart. I mean, they should just try to be platform agnostic and they're losing, I mean, everyone, most podcasters know that, the majority of your downloads will come from apple and ios devices Mm -hmm. but then now the spotify where people can listen usually a close second and then typically like overcast or one of the major apps i think as well yeah what have you learned what has been beneficial you know maybe it's just discovering shows or just kind of because you have to go you have to have a way or a system for how you're going to like what shows to review and and like so there must be i'm wondering if that's forced you to like this allow you to discover new shows mm-hmm. or just having a way to say, oh, Pod Rev Day is coming up and these are a the couple of shows that I want to keep in mind. So I'm wondering how, what habits that's built for you. Yeah,
0: for me, instead of just posting like a screenshot of the show right after I hear it and it going into the algorithm or people probably not seeing it past five minutes, then I'll like consciously make a note of it somewhere and I'll even put it into my calendar now for like the 7th or the 8th because sometimes I do it the day before if I'm too busy so now i'll actually consciously like make a note and review it later or review it now and post it later for pod rev day but and i'll try to put it in some place where it's visible long term where somebody can search for it not just online because i used to just post as i was listening to stuff which is nice in the moment but it, it just gets a lot social media is so constant now that
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It just, Especially Twitter, it's, just, it's like a, a fire hose of yeah. content, and it's like you know dropping like a leaf in a river or something. It's gone like within seconds.
0: Within seconds. I mean, the number of time you're supposed to post in a single day to Twitter is like, well, then who's actually seeing it? If you have to do yeah. that every day, I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and then, like nobody's reading my tweets. I'm like, <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> what I think is important is for podcasters to be strategic about these reviews that are coming in on both mm-hmm. sides. So for example, like I saw your review come in and I just grabbed the screenshot. There's a lot of screen mm-hmm. capture technology. Yeah. So easy to take a picture of it on your phone. And then since I already have a built-in community, I have a Facebook group called podcast junkies and I posted it there and I tagged you. And so on the receiving end, I think it's important when you get a review, I try to occasionally read them out on the podcast as well. So I'm trying to extend the life of that review as mm-hmm. much as possible. Extend, my gratitude towards the reviewer as much as possible so there's so many platforms you can post it on twitter you can post it on instagram you can make a story out of it Mm -hmm. like there's so many ideas and i don't know if maybe like you have these tips for both sides on the pod rev day section but just kind of tips on how to like be more effective and so that's when you're receiving them and then when you write them you know find out what the podcaster's tag oh, yeah. like, tag them like let them know because most of these more popular shows are not going to see it and i know that whenever i'm just grateful whenever i see a review and you know i, I don't take it for granted
0: yeah we definitely have that is it on the website and in the um which nobody reads, nobody reads instructions like one, two, three, four, no matter how simple I make things, nobody reads instructions, let alone people that are like revving up to write a review. They're like, I want to write something now. (laughs) So we tried to put it in the promos for the event. And we're saying, look, make sure to tag the podcaster because the whole point is so that they're like in a somewhat, you know, quiet medium the podcasters actually can hear what you think they can find it they know that you're saying these things about them so they can they can benefit from that as well and so just try to tag them and sometimes it's hard some pe- times people's podcasts and their social handles are just so different but it
1: no, yeah it doesn't even match yeah
0: yeah but it, it's worth it it's Like sometimes i'll have like two two feeds open on Twitter and I'll be searching for the podcaster or the yeah. the name of the podcaster. I'll be trying to find them in one, but I've already written the review in the other. And I'm like, come on, come on. I know you exist somewhere. And sometimes they don't. And I've actually, as a listener, I have actually done the review then put it over on Twitter for Pod Rev Day, and then I'll email them because there's an email address on their website. And I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, will yeah, get yeah. this. I swear yeah. you will know this happened. <laughs> Not that it's so important because it's from me, but it's like, it's so, you know how it can be at the beginning where it's so quiet and you want to know what people yeah, are thinking. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, I want you to know that you're appreciated.
1: It's, yeah, there's so many little things I think new podcasters, I think, believe there's like a silver bullet like how do i make my show popular and there isn't i think just what i've discovered over the years is you have to do like a lot of the little Mm -hmm. things consistently over time months years and that's slowly how you just stay on people's radar and sometimes people don't want to hear that they just want to like be instantly and i think you appreciate it more when your show has some like staying power and like i realize like as people find the show now like or that have been listening for a while some of like my earlier fans i'm just more appreciative that that i know it's not like a mega popular show but that the people that do like it listen to it and so when they get to the point that they feel compelled to write a review i I really like honor and respect that
0: i love that you said it's not a popular show how can you (laughs) say that didn't we distinguish that you were pod famous when you were in that live with Heather recently? Yeah, 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 that's right.
1: I had all my peeps show up. That's right. I just invite the same people to the to like my streaming events. I'm like, look, I brought it's like my podcast entourage. Like, brought my podcast peeps with me because that way there's guaranteed comments in every event I attend. So that would be cool. You're so modest. You're so modest.
0: But no, no. in on serious note, there is also the chance that even putting the time and being patient, that nothing big will ever come of it. Yeah, like yeah. I'm almost four years in and I am seriously stagnating barely at average numbers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, none of my podcasts may ever take off. And mm-hmm. that's just something I have to be okay with because I'm not going to stop. I've started and stopped so many creative endeavors in my life. And after yeah. everyone, a few years later, I was like, why did I stop that again? Oh, oh, that, <laughs> that annoyance with not being heard or not being, yeah. being discovered or not yeah, being famous. Like,
1: people start a newsletter, people start a blog. There's a bunch of people that are gonna start a workout on January 1st. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I can't imagine like podcasting not being a part of my life, which is interesting. right? And, you know, this is not millions of downloads podcast, but what I've found is great for me is I now have a platform where if I see someone doing something interesting in the podcasting space, by virtue of a platform, of a podcast that's been around for six years, I'm like, hey, you can tell I'm kind of serious about this you know occasionally i'll miss a week or something but Mm -hmm. you know come on the show and and it's a bit of a scratch my own itch like i want to know more about this person and we don't have conferences anymore we can't do that Mm -hmm. at least for the next probably six six to nine months or something so i think more now more than ever just thinking about all those conversations with podcasters that i respect the, the friends that i want to just reconnect with i'm like hey come back on for a second time it's been five years since you've been on just you know i've had a couple of people make repeat visits but i think you know some just not underestimating power of connection mm-hmm. and the ability to have this platform to say hey I want to know more about this topic, or I want to know more about this person, and you know, just that's almost the reason just to do it, and not even focus on the downloads. I like to tell people that if you wanted to build a relationship with people in your industry, start Mm -hmm. a podcast, interview twenty people that you admire in the space, like reach out to them. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't say, "Can I pick your brain?" Don't say, "You know, can we grab some coffee?" Because that's like you're trying to get free consulting out of people, and (laughs) people can read (laughs) through that now. But just say, "I have this podcast where I interview some of the brightest." expats you know doing really interesting things across the globe would you like to come on and that's just a better invite right oh yeah and uh i think and it's i think you will underestimate the power of it
0: it's way easier to i think it's way easier to interview someone one-on-one than it is to stand up in a conference i can do both because i'm a ham and i love to talk clearly but yeah, but yeah. I know for a lot of people that it's, t- it's too much to go straight to a big room of folks or even a small room of folks, yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, this is, is such a, a safe space that it's, it's, I think it's easy. I think that's why so many introverts end up being podcasters. <laughs> it's, it's, this barely feels like it's going to go out into the world.
1: Yeah, in the moment that it's happening, it feels like a real intimate conversation and then it starts to get live and you see like yourself being quoted and you will see yourself being quoted on my social media. So like, I said
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever find though that there's that you have more people you want to have on the show than you have time to have oh, published? Yeah, what do you do with that?
1: I think you just have to resign yourself to the fact that you just do the best you can. And especially me, I, I have another show and like another niche like vertical farming that I somehow just started. Oh. Because it was we have a podcast production company, my company Fullcast, mm-hmm. and it was a thought experiment to see if I could create my own podcasting client. Mm-hmm. And so I started interviewing founders and CEOs of vertical farming companies and, and now like I have them we just finished up season one and now they're coming to me and like we want to be on the show and <laughs> we wanna have our founder. And I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that and I got a sponsor for like season one, like before I even launched.
0: What is vertical so farming?
1: Basically, they could be container from like container shipping containers. Mm-hmm. You can convert into like these. Like some of them are robotics. Like the bigger companies, mm-hmm. there's companies like Plenty, Bowery Farms, Aero Farms. Initially started with leafy greens, produced at scale in a controlled environment. It's all sealed, so there's no pesticides because there's no bugs, and they can control the water, the temperature, the wind, the climate as a whole. And you have more frequent growing cycles because if you're just outside, you can maybe get two mm-hmm. crops. In a year right in some of these environments you can do it seven times because as soon as it's ready you just plant the new one it uses hydroponics aeroponics it's fascinating and especially the the timeliness of it now with what's happening with covid Mm -hmm. and people realizing like these food deserts in these you know, low to moderate income neighborhoods where people don't have immediate access to fresh food. It's been top of mind. So the timeliness was pretty wild, how it all started to happen. So that's been a, an exciting, fun project, but it's just something that was like, I want to learn more about an industry. So yeah. I'm going to start a podcast yep. and go straight to the top. Like I went, started reaching out to founders. And then once you get those first founders mm-hmm. in, you start to reach out to other people and they see the, the guest list. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come on. And now like, this for season 2 I'm basically going to be speaking to like people at the biggest companies in the world like plenty aerofarms Bowery farms like <laughs> they're going to come on and speak to me while I sit here in my in my office <laughs> in Minneapolis talk about vertical farming it's so, amazing. that's the power of podcasting
0: it really yeah. is when you mention to someone hey I have a podcast about blah as soon as you say podcast now there's this oh oh yes I would like the, to be on a microphone yeah. yes please
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> there's a certain charm to it
1: and it's the beauty of you control, like you're the radio station manager, you're the market, you're also the marketing guy, you're also mm-hmm. the sales guy, you're also the, the social media person, yep. you're the editor, you're the producer, you're the engineer. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to do it on the beginning, but it's it's a fun, fun project. Yeah, and I definitely see myself doing it. And it's, it allows me to have like conversations like this. Where in the world are you actually? Because I don't think
0: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> it is the question that always comes up. I'm yeah. in Tirana, Albania which should I describe that?
1: Tur- yeah, Tirana.
0: Tirana. T- I'm Tur- saying it wrong. It should be a soft R in the back of the mouth, but okay. I can't do it yet. If, you know, the boot Italy's boot, right? Yeah. So if you go to the heel and then you go across okay. the water, which I think is the Adriatic sea, but I keep forgetting to look it up okay. again. You go across okay. the water and then you go inland half an hour. That's where I am.
1: Nice. That's fascinating. That sounds fun. Maybe you can send us a, a photo and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. I
0: have an entire Instagram account <laughs> for the city now, because I can't stop taking pictures. It's crazy pretty.
1: I imagine. It must be beautiful there. It's been, what a great time to be isolated in a beautiful part of the world. <laughs> I have, I, How's the weather there?
0: It's about 70 every day. Oh, that's nice. I, it'll probably go down yeah. to 60 maybe eventually, but it's Whoa. it's got a really <laughs> nice climate. Yeah, definitely not that here. It's kind of a COVID accident to be here. To be quite honest, it's not retreat or a planned thing, but I'm really glad it was here. These are reasons we had to leave Germany and it was a choice between Albania and the US and I didn't want to fly super far and the US isn't easy to come in and out of unless you plan on staying there long-term. And so, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of an accident, but a kind of a nice accident to end up here.
1: Happy accident. A couple of questions as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently?
0: Oh, I forgot about this one. I was focused on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I have two answers for the other question, but I wasn't thinking about this one. What have I changed my mind about uh, recently? Probably pasta.
1: Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Growing up with pasta, I was pretty much sick of it to the point where I never needed to have it again. And between going to going on vacation to Italy last year and being in Albania, which has a strong Italian influence... Culinarily, I've kind of started to crave it in a way that I never have in my life. Mm, And it's sort of confusing, but (laughs) lovely all at the same time. (laughs) Well,
1: it's funny because my partner's uh, gluten-free for the most part. And I love pizza. Like Mm -hmm. I'm a New Yorker, like literally like I've never found a a decent slice of pizza that I I wouldn't try. But what she noticed is she has family on her mother's side from Italy. And the pasta, I mean, it's the the pasta, the grains are different. Or something but she, mm-hmm. she doesn't get sick if she like has that pasta. I don't know if you've noticed a difference in the quality of it.
0: Huge. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah, in the in the pizzas and the pasta, in the food in general, there's there's a very different level of more so in Italy than here because we're not yeah. in, Albania's not in the EU. Yeah. But there's a very different food system in Interesting. Europe. Interesting. Yeah.
1: What's your favorite Albanian dish?
0: Oh, there was a lamb dish that we had last week that was pretty phenomenal. And they had these like oven baked potatoes with like oregano and lemon on the side. And I want to vote for that.
1: It sounds like a new podcast is coming up soon. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, there are far to that. I, I rarely say no to a podcast clearly, but f- the food ones, there are way yeah. too many good ones that are already doing things amazingly. So not touching that.
1: <laughs> okay. So this is the one you prepared for. What's the most misunderstood thing about you?
0: Can I have two answers? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's, okay. my I, I sure couldn't... I
1: make the rules, right? Let me check with the station director. Uh, <laughs> yep. Good. We're good. He just tapped on the glass. He's like. <laughs>
0: "Yeah." Oh, that's, that's very good of him. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see if I remember both of them now. Okay. One is I'm pretty excited to learn about new different cultures and I'm very quick to say expat over an american and oftentimes i'll forget to say where i'm originally from and i'll say passport country for reasons that are far too long to go into so i think it may be misconstrued that i hate the us and it's not really true at all i just really love exploring so i love learning about different cultures and when i live outside of my home culture it's easier to do that
1: makes sense what second the, like? answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have to remember this oh okay the multiple podcasts, the multiple projects, the multiple products that I try to have services for. It may seem like I'm a little bit undecided, but Mm -hmm. I actually like to refer to it as experimental. I'm still trying to find my pod superpower. And so I'm trying out different things. I can do this. Can I do this for you? I can do this. Or I hear this. Can I do that in my podcast? So I'm still experimenting on a lot of levels and it, it may look, kind of all over the place, like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. But it's actually, after years of trying to like box up my creativity, I've actually just said, fine, go. And I'm just kind of seeing what happens. So it's an intentional messiness.
1: I like that. I think that's inspirational for people who have a lot of ideas and who feel like they need to pick one. I think what this conversation has clearly demonstrated is that you just follow your passion and, you know, things will come out of it that you least expected. You know, you've not only did multiple shows, but then you created Podrev Day and who knows what else. I, I get the sense that you're a creative spirit, so there's always like new ideas brewing. So I I think it's it's a welcome invitation to anyone who's listening who has ideas and feels like they need to decide on one. Stephanie has given you permission to go with the flow and it's just I think the most important thing is to work the creative muscle and just mm-hmm. keep doing it until you get tired of it and then try something else.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: Thank you so much, Stephanie, for Thank this wide ranging conversation. I'm glad we, we've been kind of connecting online a lot. And so I was excited to finally get to talk because I feel like that's th- the best part of this podcast where I get to <laughs> have those conversations with people that sometimes I only connect with digitally. So I appreciate you, you know, making the time work and then sharing your story with, this, your story with our, my audience.
0: Thank you. This was a lot of fun.
1: Where's the best place for folks to learn more about you, connect with you, and and uh, track and follow you on all these projects you're working on.
0: I know. I'm going to have to do a little bit of spelling yeah. here because my last name trips people up. But my my social media handle, my website, and my email address all start with the same thing. It's Fuccio. S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O.
1: Okay. And so we'll have links to all the shows and, and the and websites and the show notes. And so people can connect with you and highly encourage people to take part in next month's Every month's Pod Rev Day.
0: On the 8th of every month.
1: 8th of every month. Thanks again, (laughs) Steph. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again to Stephanie for coming on the show. Always, always happy to have these conversations that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to have because normally these would happen at a podcasting conference. And so for now, as we kick off uh, 2021, that's not happening in the foreseeable future. So I'm glad I get the opportunity to chat with my podcasting peeps. Full show notes at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 247 intro nacho music composed by cedar and soil don't forget to check out our sponsor focus right and their awesome line of gear specifically the Scarlett 2i2 pro podcast production and marketing provided by fullcast sign up for a free podcast brainstorm at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 to see how we can help you launch market and produce your authority building podcast next week we have a return guest christine blackburn she's a comic producer and host of the story worthy hour of power Christine and I recently reconnected and we originally met in LA and talk about someone who's been podcasting for years and shows no sign of slowing down. Christine is high energy and it's a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. So make sure you check that one out. It's going to be episode 248. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. We'll be sure to read future reviews out on this episode. If you've made it this far, you're no doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag. Let's go with Pod Rev Steph P-O-D-R-E-V Steph S-T-E-P-H, and tag Stephanie at Steph Fuccio, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O, and me at podcast underscore junkies. I appreciate all you do to support the show. Talk to you next week.